0: Your test suite tells you about the quality of your code under test. Mutation testing is a way to tell you about the quality of your test suite. Anders wrote mutmut for mutation testing in Python. In this episode, Anders explains mutation testing and how mutation testing with MuttMutt works. Welcome to Testing Code. Today on Testing Code, I am thrilled to have Anders on the show. Welcome to Testing Code. Uh, thank you. For people that don't know who you are, could you tell us who you are?
1: Yeah. Hi. Uh, my name is Anders Hofmuller. Uh, Anders is fine. Um, I'm a mostly self taught programmer. I've been Programming since somewhere in the 90s. The memory is a bit hazy. And professionally since 2001. Uh, I have way too many projects uh, to get anything done on most of them. Uh, and I work at Trioptima, which is a financial the company. We work on minimizing systemic risk in the in global financial system. Wow. Yeah. That sounds fun. Is it fun? Uh, it is. It is. It's, uh, it's a quite rewarding. Uh, it's like being we're, we're the we're the good guys in the financial system, uh, in our opinion, um, and uh, uh, you really feel that you're 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 contributing something. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's nice. Yeah. So, uh, what uh, programming languages do you mostly use? Oh, I'm I'm Python all the way. Uh, Python all the way.
1: Okay. You, you have to do JavaScript, right? Uh, obviously, because it's a web thing uh and then uh, we actually do elm, which is a bit unusual uh for the front end
0: one of the reasons why I asked you to come on the show is mostly to talk about mutation testing because I don't think I've covered it much before. I think I've covered it in passing but um you know quite a bit about mutation testing is that correct
1: yeah i i I believe so uh, <laughs> um so uh i i wrote the I wrote the mutation tester uh, and I think it's the the premier mutation tester uh, for Python. Uh, there are two other uh, mutation testers. Uh, I'll get into them a little bit later. I think. Uh, okay. So which yeah. one's yours? Uh, Mutmut. Okay, it's that's...
0: a StarCraft reference.
1: Uh, if you play.
0: Oh, okay. I was curious about where that reference, where if it was a reference to something. So.
1: Yeah, it's no. it's
0: a StarCraft reference.
1: Um, uh, but it also, you know, mutation. It's Mute, 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 and then the the logo is uh, mute twice and in a different sort of font. It's uh, kind of clever,
0: okay. maybe a bit too clever. <laughs> I'm gonna go look. Oh, okay, it's different. I think it's nice it's, the the it's two subtle, fonts. Yeah, it's, but it's uh, yeah. It's clean, pleasing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and if I had it as a sticker on my laptop, I'd definitely get questions about it. What's that? So,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. that's a good idea. Mm.
0: <laughs> so um the this is I've, I, we've actually heard quite a bit about um and I'm I've been pronouncing it mut mut is that how you say it?
1: It's fine. I, I pronounce it mut mut okay. uh because it's uh it's the Starcraft reference to uh Mutilisks. Uh so it's mut mute mute yeah, maybe it's mut mut I don't
0: know. Okay. It's fine. Nobody okay. Cares. It's fine. <laughs> Um, nice. So mutation testing, Why? Um, so for the, for the person that never has heard of it, what is mutation testing? Yeah, we should probably uh, discuss that a bit. So um,
1: uh, actually, uh, a lot of people actually do a sort of a mutation testing manually uh, in practice. So what happens is, is what you want to do is uh, you write a test. You have a test or a series of tests for some, some bits of code. Um, and you go into your working code and you change it in some way uh, that it's broken. And then you run your tests again. And if the tests pass with your broken code, that's bad, right?
0: Yeah, or um, at least the
1: tests you're running aren't hitting that piece of yeah, code. Yeah, your, your, your tests are incomplete in some way. Yeah. So, so that's actually the, that's what mutation testing is. And, and a lot of people actually do that. Uh, you know, Manually, all the time, right? You have a bug, you, make, you introduce a bug or something in the code because you think something is fishy. You run the test and you see the tests all succeed. Hmm, that's not good. And then they work on it. So that's actually, uh, a lot of people use it. They don't actually know that that's what it is. Uh, but mutation testing normally uh, means, of course, automated mutation testing, where you
0: just give it a code base and it just goes. Uh, PyCharm is the Python IDE for professional developers. PyCharm's huge collection of tools out of the box includes an integrated debugger and test runner, Python profiler, a built-in terminal, integration with version control and built-in database tools, remote development capabilities with remote interpreters, an integrated SSH terminal, and integration with Docker and Vagrant. In addition to Python, PyCharm provides first-class support for various Python web development frameworks, specific template languages, JavaScript, CoffeeScript, TypeScript, HTML, CSS, AngularJS, Node.js, and more. PyCharm integrates with IPython Notebook and has an interactive Python console and supports Anaconda, as well as multiple scientific packages, including matplotlib and numpy. Try out all of these time-saving features of PyCharm Pro for four months with the link testingcodecom slash pycharm. Make sure your editor is working with you to save you time. Use PyCharm. So what is it doing when it goes?
1: Yeah, so uh, uh, my mutation tester, and actually nowadays, Cosmic Ray 2, they sort of, we're, we're playing catch up with each other a little bit. Um, so what it does is it's, it, it reads the code, or, or the file it's supposed to do something with. So it goes through the code, and it changes it. And it writes it actually on disk. Um, so it changes like a, if there's an if A less than B, it's going to change it to if A less than or equal to B, then it's going to run your test suite. And if your test suite passes, right, then it didn't detect that I changed your code. So that's what we call the surviving mutant, and that's bad. So okay. the nomenclature is a bit uh, difficult with mutation testing. So there are mutants surviving mutants is bad killing a mutant is good it's not great uh, but that's 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 the wording uh, that we use
0: uh,
1: yeah okay so kill- normally normally killing is bad right but uh, in mutation testing it's good <laughs> so what does killing a mutant mean it means that uh, you changed the code and your test suite failed oh okay yeah okay it means your test suite can test suite can detect that your cha- your code was changed which is good right that means you're you're testing all of the behavior that, that's in your code
0: yeah D- making a change like uh, changing from less than to less than equal or something like that um, yeah. those seem like uh, I was curious about what kinds of so it's um it's going through and ch- making changes to your code and then rerunning the tests um, so it's re it's probably it's do, making lots of changes one at a time or how many does it do a bunch at a time or uh, one at a time okay. so there, there are theoretical
1: um papers out there talking about doing multiple changes at one time because then you can run because then that's just faster you can change a bunch of times and you run the test with once and that's just way faster than one by one by one by one by one uh, the problem is uh, I've never gotten that to work because you just get false positives and it's just a total chaos. Uh, so I didn't do that. I, I gave it a shot. And then I've talked to a bunch of other people doing mutation testers in other languages. Uh, none of them have gotten that to work in practice. So I uh, know one by
0: one. Um, okay. Yeah. My first thought on mu- mutation testing would, would, was that it would just. Just flip a character somewhere. Just any character, just something else. But that's not really what's going on, right? Well, you can do
1: that, but mostly you'll end up with syntactically invalid code, and nobody cares, right? Right. Um, no. So, uh, so what I do is uh, I, I I modify the the AST, the abstract to syntax tree uh, of of your code. So uh, the library I use is Parso, which is a fantastic library and everybody should check it out even if you're not interested in, in mutation testing or, or whatever. It, it's a spin-off from Jedi, which is something you might have heard of, and uh, which yeah. is the autocomplete system now used by IPython, actually. Uh, it's fantastic. So uh, it's, an, it's an abstract syntax tree sort of library that can round trip your code, which means that you can read your your code into the abstract syntax tree. Make a change, write it down, and only your change will appear in the on disk. So you can use it to make refactoring tools, for example.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Which is sort of what mutation testing is. It's a it's an evil refactoring, kind of, yeah. right? because you're, you're you're changing it in in nasty ways. Yeah. So that's it's a great library. Um, I used to use another library called uh, Baron, but that got sort of wasn't maintained. But Parso is extremely well maintained because it's used by so many projects. So it needs to be, you know, straight on the on the bleeding edge. Has to support all the new features of of all Python's and everything. So it's it's perfect for this. And another go- good thing about using this library is <clears throat> because I I, can, uh, I because I can make these mutations and write them down to disk without changing everything else. I don't touch your comments anything. It's very easy to to actually take a mutant that survived, apply it on disk, and you can see it. You can have it on disk, right, the mutant. It's very nice to work with. Um, in the beginning, when I started, uh, my competitors, like Cosmic Ray and Motpy, uh, they, uh, they actually modified the abstract syntax tree of the built-in Python abstract syntax tree standard library thing. Uh, the problem with that, it doesn't, maintain your white spaces your comments and everything so it just throws them away so when you when you got a mutant you, your diff is not your code and not your code mutated uh, and yeah. that's just oh uh, it's so frustrating right it's really hard uh, to work with
0: yeah the line numbers the, are going to not line up and, and nothing's going to line up so yeah it's just total chaos yeah yeah so now cosmic ray
1: has has switched to uh, uh, to Parseo, uh, which is really nice. So we're both sort of head to head on the on this uh, front.
0: Okay. Um yeah. So there's there's logic changes like flipping the logic, and I'm looking at your I'm looking at the documentation. There's also things like changing um, uh, hard coded numbers. So if there's like a five there, it'll try you know six and four yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, changing breaks to continue and vice versa. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it's evil. Yeah, well these are these are inter the so these are selective. These aren't just random things. These are things that you, people actually get wrong a lot of times. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So these are great. Um uh have you do you have uh are there any others that are interesting that um people might not know about? Other things that you flip around and change?
1: Yeah, I uh I I modify uh, dict literals for example. This is a fun one. Uh so uh, I'll I'll flip the sort of the keys on a dict literal, but al- I'll also do it on the dict literal with your dict parenthesis syntax. Okay. Uh, and there's a config option to put in your own stuff there because we do, uh, uh, like a lot of people have these struct classes which is, a, it's just a dict where you can access it with dot syntax, right? Yeah. It's fairly common in Python. Uh, so we have these at work. Uh, and I, actually, I add that as a sort of a synonym for dict. So it mutates the keyword arguments in those. So you know if you're passing in something and it's just nobody looks at it on the other side, uh, that's going to be caught. That's a nice one, I think. Uh, and then I, uh, I also, I drop the first, I think it's the first or the first parameter of function calls. Um, it's, that's a fun one. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, uh, it sounds a bit weird. <laughs> no, tell me the tell me the thinking. This sounds great. Tells me the thinking behind that.
1: The thinking is uh, we found bugs in production uh, on code that we had run m- mutation testing on and had no surviving mutants on, and those were real bugs, and that mutation would have caught it. Okay. So that's just that's just it. Um, and we had, we had one really bad one, which was, we, had a, we have a, this structured library. We used it all the time, uh, and it has a C implementation, so it's really fast, which is nice. Uh, which is also why we were very worried, because then we have two implementations. We have a Python implementation and a C implementation. So it's very nice to have a really good test suite. So
0: mutation testing seems the perfect thing, right? If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out Electronic Specifier Insights. Their editors dig into the electronics industry, how new tech is shaping our post-COVID-19 world, reviews from all the top electronics shows, and the latest tech that electronics companies are releasing. You can find them by searching for Electronic Specifier Insights in any streaming service, or by going to electronicspecifier.com news podcasts Hopefully it's obvious by now, but this is uh, mutation testing is not about test making sure your code is solid. It's making it's a judgment of your test code. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's an extremely strong uh, judgment on your test suite, right? You cannot have behavior uh, in your code that is not tested. Yeah. so if this, you have zero mutants, like the, there's there's no way to do that.
0: Yeah, the other, I guess, way to try to think about it is um, uh, pat, like trying to do uh, path coverage, uh, 100% path coverage, with, uh, but that's still not going to catch as much as this is.
1: No, no, this, co- this covers way more. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, I, I mutate string literals. Right? I just insert, insert XX and at the end and start of the of the string. So that means that if you have an assert, for example, with a message anywhere in your code, and you don't actually have a test that says with pytest dot you know raises assert error, uh, and then check the exact error message that you get. You're never the mutation tester won't accept that. It's uh, kind of brutal. That is
0: brutal. Yeah, uh,
1: and it finds a lot of bugs.
0: <laughs> so in let's practice. say. Let's say I'm just, I kind of don't care about the error message as long as there's something there. Uh, Is there a way to like turn that one off? For instance? Yes. So we have whitelisting.
1: Okay. And and, and the other ones also. We try to make, we're talking with, I'm talking with the Cosmic Ray. So we try to make our, our systems a little bit compatible. So if you invest in one of the tools, you can actually try out the other one and have some of that investment. Uh, sort of payoff still in the in both tools. So we do wh- whitelisting. The the most trivial one is on the line. You write uh, a comment pragma uh, no mutate, right? Uh, okay. Sim- similar to no cover. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. That, that works. That's cool. Yeah, you you need that in some cases. Like I changed break to continue and continue to break, for example. Uh, Changing a break to a continue can introduce an an infinite loop, right? That's annoying. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. So I detect when when your test suite is taking way too long, and I kill it and say, this timed out, something is wrong. Uh, So you have to whitelist that, because otherwise the mutation tester is just going to take way too long on that specific mutant.
0: Okay, so Mutt might will tell me in the places where it thinks I had a put those in
1: there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is it's okay. It, it's rather
0: annoying but it's
1: okay. You can you can introduce infinite uh, infinite loops in some other s- subtle ways, but this one is fairly easy to uh, to do. Yeah. And then uh we also I I also have a, a, an advanced um mutation, a uh, sort of a whitelisting system where where you can have a little bit of code uh, sort of Python module actually. I load it and I have callbacks that I uh, call you back uh, during processing, and then uh, uh, you can look at the line and do what, like say, skip to the entire thing and uh, uh, do some other fiddly bits. Uh, this is very experimental though, but uh, I use it successfully in in one big project. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So so one of the things that you, everybody is probably thinking about right now is, right, I make a, a little change, right? For, for example, for the first thing you probably wonder, how many mutants do I have in our code? Uh, and my average is, I've looked at some averages, The normally you have like 0.5 mutants per line. It's fairly normal. Um, okay. So, so you're running... So the number of mutants you have to test is going to be the number of lines of your code divided by two. Like, that's a fairly big number, probably. Um, and yeah. the, the base way of doing it is I, I run your entire test suite, OK? Uh, with a fail fast flag, obviously. Because otherwise, that's just a waste of time. And that's just super slow. Okay. Right, because say your test suite is eight seconds, and it's three th- three thousand lines of code, right? Which is I have a project like that. It's it's uh, now I have three thousand mutants, so it's uh, six thousand lines of code, roughly. Uh, three thousand mutants times eight seconds. That's not fun, right? <laughs> right. Uh, eight seconds is quite annoying in a normal test suite, but multiply it by a thousand, and it's no fun anymore. So what you want to do is you want to to severely restrict what mutants you run. Um, And I have some fiddly ways to do that. So right now, Mutmut will actually uh, call you back, saying, I'm going to run this mutant. Uh, And at that point, you can modify uh, the command to run the test. So I can add actually run only these tests, like this specific test file, for example. Okay. and that's going that, and then suddenly your your mutation testing scales linearly uh, with the code base instead of exponentially. Yeah, which is nice. Um, and that's also sort of experimental, and I've used it in one big project, and it works amazingly.
0: It, I guess the mutation testing doesn't really matter. Which test framework you're using, right? Or does it?
1: Uh, it mine does not. I have a, a command line, and I run it, and if the exit code is uh, zero, it passed. Done. Okay. The problem with that, of course, again, is that it's slow. <laughs> Everything is slow. I have to start another process. Uh, I have to deal with uh, any overhead of the test runner. I'm not sure
0: how... Um... How hypothesis gets around it, or if hypothesis, yeah, hypothesis is running within one pytest process, so hypothesis isn't calling pytest; it's the other way around. Yeah, exactly. So they don't have that overhead problem,
1: which is which is great.
0: If I want to use this on a project to to look look at my test, is this a sort of a one time thing, or or I mean, an occasional thing, or do I incorporate it into a continuous integration workflow, or what's your recommendations for that? around that i would say uh, intermittently yeah so okay.
1: you do it once a you know once a blue moon right <clears throat> so uh, another thing that that M-Mut-Mut does is it it keeps track of where you are uh, in the test runner so it it knows that this this line you killed all the mutants on this line and it's not going to try and rerun it uh, and it knows that uh, if you didn't test your if you didn't change your test suite, you can't have killed any mutants. Uh, right. And it does a lot of stuff like that. So you can actually run it uh, for a while, uh, let it go, collect a few mutants, work on them, uh, make some new tests, rerun, and, and, and work forward. And it's fairly quick, to, it's, so it, it remembers what it did. Uh, so you don't have to rerun all that work all over and over and over and over again, which is really nice because, it's, as I said, it's super slow. Okay. Uh, so that, that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, so we do that. Uh, and it's, it's, it's starting to look like uh, that little database that keeps track of what is done is looking very stable right now. So I'm thinking maybe we can actually start running it in CI uh, as long as we keep the little database. It's like an SQLite database that keeps track of this. Okay. And if you just keep it between runs. Uh, it knows what it needs to check and what not to check, and it should be okay. Uh, I haven't tried it yet.
0: Okay, right, yeah, it's not complicated to run. You just um, you set up the configuration for it of how to test it, and you
1: yeah. If you if you're just using um, uh, Pytest, you can literally do pip install matmat matmat run done. Right? Oh, okay. That's it. There's That's nothing it. else. There's no config. There's no nothing because you don't you don't need it. Yeah. Nice. If you can run if you can run
0: pytest uh, where you are, of course. Okay, so if I'm if I if running the test suite just with pytest works, you can just do pitmit or mut run and it works. Yeah. Cool. And, and there's like a nice, uh,
1: <clears throat> a fairly nice uh, little command line thing, where I try to to show, try to explain very very uh, thoroughly what everything means. So I have emo- uh, emojis for, uh, for the different state, like the killed, the killed section has little sort of a, a party pooper thing. Boo! Right? This <laughs> is a good thing. And, and uh, a sad face for uh, surviving mutants and uh, you know, stuff like that. Because the, the nomenclature is fairly difficult. Uh, right? Killed is good. Survived is bad. So the, the emojis actually help a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah, I bet they would. Yeah. I care a lot about the UX right? a lot. I rewrote the the front end, like the GUI and totally redesigned it. I don't know, five times. Yeah. I really want it to be really, really good. Uh, so I, I have a little spinner that always spins so that you can see that it sort of gets stuck. Like it has to feel intuitive and had a, a sort of a good feeling in your stomach, right? You should start it and run it. And you see that it's doing something, it's counting up. It's uh, it's running. It's it's doing something. Um, so it's not like you start it and you see that it takes CPU and there's no feedback. I hate that,
0: especially if it's going to take a long time. Got a few projects I'd like to throw this at. The question is helping you answer is uh, which parts of the code you're really not covering with your tests. Yeah, I guess I assume it tells you the diff of like this is what I changed and, and you didn't get you, your test didn't catch it. Exactly. I'm gonna assume that it's taking longer than I want to wait for. So I uh like get it set up on a project and just let it run for a while. And yeah, uh, and then come back. And I'm gonna assume that I have problems and I have to fix those. Is there a workflow that I can work through um and try to add tests and um and rerun it? And then will it be faster that for subsequent yeah. runs?
1: It will, yes. Okay. It's a little bit uh, naive. It's like if, if your test suite, the entire, diff, the entire hash of the entire test suite changes, it's going to rerun all the, uh, the surviving mutants. So that's a bit naive. Um, but you can say, I want to rerun this specific uh, mutant, like with a number. Oh, okay. And it's just gonna try it that one. You can also say uh, rerun only this file, which is also very handy. So you do mutmut run, and then the name of the file, and it's just gonna go through that file and not the entire thing, which is
0: also ex- also
1: extremely handy.
0: You're saying okay, so I can either say go through the mutants. The mutants have numbers, then, yeah. And I can say rerun this mutant, or I'm working on the test to cover a particular file, so I can say you know, rerun the mutants for this file. Exactly, I... and you can also run uh,
1: mutmut show and then the file name, and you get the, the diffs for all the mutants for that file, which is also very handy. Oh, so yeah. you know, you probably know, like this is the part that's really, really critical. You want to work with that first. So you just uh, mutmut run that file first and you start working on that. What you want to do probably, maybe, is hit 100% coverage first. Because if you have a line that's not covered, uh, by definition, all the mutants will survive. Yeah. Because your code never reached it. You can do whatever you want with that line. Right? You can write the total sonnets of Shakespeare in that line. Nobody cares. <laughs> right? So uh, so coverage is very important. Right? And you're going to hit most of... You're going to hit... It's, it's fa- probably faster and, and easier to find real bugs that way.
0: I'm really excited to try this on a project, so. Uh, I, I really made a lot of effort trying to make
1: it easy to just just pip install and run. Uh,
0: that's
1: that's my goal.
0: Thank you for telling us about, well, telling us about, but, but also just writing it in the first place. Um, I think it's a good thing to have in the Python community, so kudos.
1: No, thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Anders, for talking to us about mutation testing. Thank you, PyCharm, for sponsoring the show. Try PyCharm yourself at testencode.com slash PyCharm. Shout out to Electronic Specifier Insights podcast. It's a cool podcast. All those links are in the show notes at testencode.com slash 138. That's all for now. Now go out and test something. Or maybe mutation test something.